Right, before we start, let's just, I just want to pray. I don't normally do this, but I just feel I need to. So, Father God, we commit this, this time to you. Father God, I just pray that after, after the great time we've had worshiping you, Father, now focus our minds. Father, oh, let your Holy Spirit come and speak to each one of us. That my God, for myself, I say, not my words, Lord, but your words. Father God, let it not be a man who speaks, but God speaking through a vessel this morning. So my God, I pray that each of us are enlightened, each of us are challenged, and each of us feel closer to you by the end of this morning. Father God, so keep us with you. In the name of Jesus, stay with us. Amen. All right, okay. Right now, normally, I like to have a, a word See, you can tell I've been doing studying. I've got bits of paper everywhere. It's like I need a better Bible with strings and those, you know, those little bows, those little thingy majiggers. Yeah, I used to think they were really girly, but now I've realized that's the use for them, whether they are pink or red. <laughs> um, but um, normally I like to, to, to have nice, concise bits of scripture, but I've got quite a lot this morning. So stay with me, follow me. I'm just proving to you that I do read my Bible sometimes. Um, so this morning I really want to, I really want to, I really want to, do a couple of things. God gave us something a few months ago. As you all know, we've been, we've been talking about authentic sonship. So whenever I read, when I've been reading my word, anything that starts to talk about being a son, it, it kind of sparks my interest. Because obviously we're speaking about becoming, you know, in, in the house, we're going from the saints to the servants to the soldiers to the sons. And we're now learning to become authentic sons. So it's, it's, it's the now word in the house. And it's going to be for now because we're going to get to that place. Amen? So when I was reading some things in the, in the Word, and God showed us some things, and then this week, I really felt in my heart, I didn't want to just celebrate the fact that Jesus was risen today. Because, it, because every year we, we do that, and that's, that's great. But what I want to celebrate this morning, what I want to try and encourage and inspire this morning, is that it's, I want to encourage the journey that Jesus had to make in order to get to the place called finish. You see, we celebrate that Jesus has risen, but there was a process because Jesus was a man. Jesus was not, was not just was God and it was all easy for him. He had to learn the same things as you are to learn. And it says, in just this is just to, to get it going, in uh, Hebrews 4, And verse 14 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. So we have, we have, the reason why it was so powerful what Jesus did was because he had to go through the same things that we have got to go through. So we can look to his life. And I want to celebrate the life of Jesus and how it can inspire us this morning. Is that okay? All right. Now, I don't know about you, but have any of you ever been the... um... Nice. (laughs) Products of Solomon. Yeah, okay. Um, Have any of you ever been the person to break up an argument? Or to try and be the one to kind of bring peace to a situation. You've been the deal, you know, you've been the peacemaker, the deal breaker. You know, you've been the, you've been the one, stood in the middle, trying to bring the two sides together. When I was, when I was a kid, all the way through my life, really, I've always been someone who, for whatever reason, whether it's just my face or whatever, it's the fact that people have always come to me with their moanings and problems and things like that. That's okay. And most of the time, the problems revolve around friendships and relationships. 
And what I've always been able to do um, is be able to, you know, so that so someone's sat there and you're only hearing their argument. Yeah, you're hearing their moan, you're hearing their, 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 their frustration, whatever. Is to be able to see the other person's perspective. And then bring clarity to the, to the person who's speaking to you in order so that peace can be restored in that relationship. Yeah? That is, that is, that's always been something that's, that's always, I've always seen that. And the Bible, and we know that the Bible says in Romans 12 verse 18, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, to live at peace with everyone. And the Bible says also in Romans 14, verse 19, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. So we know peace is good. Peace is good, is it not? It's not always easy to get, but it's good. And, I, and as Christians, our desire is, is this. But then as I was reading on, and we can speak about peace in many different ways, but this is, I want to I speak about peace this morning. And this is, this is, what, this is the, the scripture that grabbed me. If we go to Matthew 5 verse 9. I told you there was a few scriptures, didn't there? Matthew 5 verse 9. It's one line. And it simply says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And I've never really, you know, I've read Matthew 5 many, many times. And we all have. But I've never seen that before. But as obviously we start to talk about authentic sons, it prick my attention and my interest. A peacemaker is a son of God. They will be called the sons of God. So using my strongest concordance that I bought for my birthday, thinking I was really studious, I looked at what does it mean? Because often when you look at the Bible and you, you can read the same word a hundred times, but depending where it's wrote, there's different contexts and different meanings within the same word. When you look at it, in, when you put it into the Greek or into the Hebrew. So I thought, let's, let's, let's look closer. And this is what it says. It comes from the word, erinopius, um, whatever that word. And it says, one who restores peace and reconciliation between persons and even nations. So a peacemaker is, a per, is, is one who restores peace. And reconciliation between persons and even nations. And when I looked in the, in the Amplified, it also says it maintains peace and reconciliation. Because how many of you know, for example, in a marriage, you can sort out an argument, but that doesn't mean you've sorted out the relationship. You know, you can diffuse a situation, but it doesn't mean you've fixed the problem. Does that make sense? You can bring peace with, within, within an argument of two parties, but it doesn't mean that you've, that you've, that you've fixed the whole thing. And so what I, what I, it's, it's not just the restoring, it's, it's the maintaining. And how do we maintain that? Well, the way, the way I looked at the way, the way I was looking at this, saying, God, why, what is it you mean by a peacemaker is a son of God? Well, let's have a look. What is today? We are celebrating the ultimate peacemaker of all time. That Jesus came to forever reconcile man to God. But Jesus was sent. And he was sent by the Father. Because the Father's heart is always to have reconciliation and restoration and peace with his people. And we are his people. Are we not? So this morning, when I was, so, so, I, so I looked at it first and I thought, okay, that's what I get that. 
that the moment that we take on the heart of a peacemaker, we take on the nature of the father. Because the father didn't have to make peace with mankind. Because just look at Israel's history. Would you? Would you? After, after how many chances? How many times did we reject God? Obviously not us. But how, how many times do we reject God in our lives? But yet God is always, always, his heart is not just to bring peace by himself. But he sacrificed the ultimate thing to him in order to give us peace and reconciliation. So that you and I can approach confidently the throne of grace. And that's amazing. That's, that is, that's worth celebrating. And that's why, that's, that's, that is why Jesus is so highly exalted. But Jesus had to make a journey in order so he could be called the, the peacemaker. He could be called the savior. And what we have to understand is that when we look at peace, there is worldly peace and then there is eternal peace. We are not people who are to, who are, who are to bring worldly peace. You know, I could go and work for the UN. I could go and work for a government. But how many times... Do you see, you know, in the world's terms, you see like ceasefires for a few days. Or you see, it's not peace. They just agreed not to shoot each other for a few days. There's a huge difference. And that's because we're using man's wisdom to try and, to try and settle an argument. You see, in my marriage, in my marriage, the reconciliation of my marriage could, not been, could have not have been made by worldly wisdom. So let's look at this. I want, I want to look at this. James 3, 17 and 18. I'm going to explain more. James 3. Now, Pastor Tony used this scripture. I was getting ahead of myself then. Pastor, Pastor Tony used this scripture when he was talking about purity. So it's, it, it should be quite familiar to you. It says in James 3, verse 17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So again, we see the word peacemaker. The peacemaker who sows in peace reaps a harvest of righteousness. Now that sounds good, doesn't it? Everybody we would like to, 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 to reap a harvest of righteousness in our lives. But this is what God showed me. And this is where, I'm gonna, and this is where we're going to focus on this morning. Is that it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. It says in the, in, in the verse before in, in Matthew five nine, in Matthew five eight, it says, "Blessed are the pure, for they will see God." You see, purity allows you to enter into the presence of God more, so that God, because God is drawn to to, to, to that, Amen. But what is the very next thing that it says? You see, a peacemaker is a son of God. But it doesn't say the peacemaker is the next thing. It says that the peace-loving person. It says, first of all, it's pure. Then heavenly wisdom is then peace-loving. So I'm going to come to, So now we need to look at what... So I said, God, well, what's, what's that? Is that just someone who likes peace? Well, that's, that's, that's okay. We all like peace. But let me, let me see what it says. It says... In the strongest, the definition of that word from that scripture says, peace-loving, it is peaceable, peaceful, with a focus of having freedom from emotional worry and frustration. That being a peace-loving person is to have freedom from emotional worry and frustration. You see, in my marriage, 
I, we could have gone to counseling sessions. We could have gone to a million and one counseling sessions. But we have to understand there is worldly wisdom and then there is spirit and there, and there, and there is, and there is heavenly wisdom. Heavenly wisdom is eternal. Heavenly wisdom is freedom, not just now, not just for 10 minutes, not just till the next time. It's eternal. But, world, but so many times, we, worldly peace is what we're looking for. That we just feel happy and content in where we are, in what we're doing. But our marriage could not be truly reconciled by simple human wisdom. It took heaven to speak its truth into our marriage. It took Jesus to come and transform my heart and change my nature. Does that make sense? So we have to always be aware that there are two levels of wisdom and there are two levels of everything we are and I want you to understand this because if we can't understand this then we will never be able to enter into where I'm about to talk about because in order for you to enter into emotional freedom from frustration and from worry because let's look at what it says after that after the peace lover it says in the scripture it says it's considerate it's submissive well, if you're worrying and you're frustrated, then how considerate are you going to be able to be? How considerate? Now, you remember, to, become a, to be a son in this environment, it says the peacemaker, someone who is able to bring in the same nature that God brought it to us, which is eternal reconciliation, eternal peace, that we need to be able to bring that and maintain that. But if we have, are not free from emotional worry or frustration, then everything else after this is hindered and our walk is hindered. We can be pure. We can make that journey into purity where, we, where, where, we, where, we, where our desire for God is pure and our, and our intentions are pure. And I believe I'm looking at a house that, is, that, that has gone through a great stage of purity. Would you agree? That we've all had to go through those stages where we've had to allow God into our heart and to change and align certain things. I had to do it. You all know. It's great that you all know because now I can just speak whatever, you know, I'm just speak whatever comes into my mind so I don't have to hide anything. That's great. I love it. It's, there's a freedom to it. But, but this morning, if we cannot, first of all, grasp this level of peace loving, then considerate and submissiveness doesn't come into it. And if that can't come into it, then how can we be full of mercy? If you're frustrated at someone, you're frustrated at a situation. Because remember, we're not just talking about people. We're talking about what's going on in your life. Because you can, it can be, your conflict might not be with, my conflict might not be with Phil where we're falling out. My conflict might be what I'm seeing in somebody else. My conflict might be what's, what I'm seeing around me, what I'm in, the place I'm in. It, it doesn't just come to a specific one-on-one problem. It's more than that. It's bigger than that. So if we can't do that, then mercy can't come into our life. Patience can't come into our life. Being submissive can't come into our life. And if that can't come into our life, then how are we ever supposed to bear good fruit? Look at the, the logical way, the scripture, the word. We can't bear good fruit unless we can be submissive and be spoken into. If I'm frustrated and worried, I can't see past my own emotions. I can't see past what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what my world is doing. And it doesn't matter how pure I feel I am, heaven is blocked from being able to speak to me. Remember the parable of the sower. You can receive the seed, but if the worries of this world and the things of this world overcome it, then the seed will be lost. 
He, was, he might have been pure enough so God can be drawn to him and receive that seed. But if he isn't able to hold on to that seed and peace loving, and this is what I, I, want, what I want us to do. This is why I want to look at Jesus. The best example we can do is look at Jesus. Because he is the one who we can say we are all on a journey this morning. And we're on a journey to becoming sons and daughters of the living God. Amen? So on that journey, how do we, how do we, how do we, it's easy to say, so you must free yourself from all emotional worry. That's really easy to say, isn't it? But it's not so easy to do. And I'm not going to profess I have all the answers this morning. But what I want to do is say there's a shift that has to happen in our hearts. In order for us to be able to grasp hold of this. If we cannot grasp this point first, then we will not be able to grasp what the Bible wants us to become. And we will not be able to be the people who can sow in peace. And if you can't sow in peace, you can't be a peacemaker and you can't receive and have your reward in your life. And who, and I, I don't know about you, but I want a harvest of righteousness in my life. I want every day there to be a fresh harvest of righteousness in my life. And so I want us to look at Jesus this morning. And I want to encourage us that there is a way we can do it. Because Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. And I want us to go to the book of John. Spiritual wisdom is difficult. Compared to worldly wisdom. Because we live and are surrounded by the world and its, its values and its knowledge. But we look at Jesus here. Now, Jesus, in this scripture, now, I, haven't, I can't read it all, and there's loads of scriptures I would like to give, but I'd be reading all day. So just read the chapter. Read the, the bit before. Because we, we, we see about Jesus was, was speaking at the festival, and, and people were questioning who he was as he was speaking. And then Jesus comes and speaks this word. Let me get something. And Jesus spoke and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing to us as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. But now from from verse 14 to 16, Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I came from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. You see, one of the main problems as Christians we find is that we we might understand that we are part of a house and that the house is a corporate destiny. Would we agree with that? But when it comes to, and this is something that I've known, and the reason why I really felt God was telling me to pick on this is because when, it, when I, and this isn't just in my authentic sonship group, but it's things that, as, I, as we've been talking, there's things that are being revealed. And this is the great thing about all the groups, is that when we're open and transparent with each other, we get to see some things, don't we? We get to realize some things. And the one thing that is, is, is apparent is, with many people, when you ask them, where are you going, people don't really know. As Christians, peace and, and the ability to, to maintain 
stable emotions and the ability to maintain your, your steadfastness and strength depends on, do you know where you're going? How are we able to make eternal wisdom, you know, decisions based on eternal wisdom, based on where we're going, if we don't know where we're going? If you do not know the work that Christ has set before you, and I'm not saying this morning that you have to know everything, because I don't know everything. I don't know exactly where I, what, what steps I'm going to take to get to where I'm going. But I know the direction I'm going in. I have a sense of destiny on my life. But I also know where I came from. I also know that I am sent and I know who stands with me. But it's, and that, and that, if this cannot be the first point, then we will not be able to make decisions based on Heavenly wisdom, because it will never, ever be able to enter into your life. How can you make eternal choices when you don't know the eternal place you're going? The work you have, the work that we have, you must have a sense of it. God is willing, God is wanting to reveal it. That's what heavenly wisdom does. It brings clarity. It brings, it brings everything you need for life and godliness. It brings everything to reveal to you the heart of the Father. But just being pure doesn't allow, if you cannot, if we cannot stop judging by the world standards, we look at our situations and we look by the world standards. If you simply judge everything based on that and you do not, you, you are not able to see where you're going, then you will always make decisions based on your emotions, based on how you feel, based on what others tell you. But Jesus here said, even if I'm standing on my own, and I'm surrounded by people who don't like me. I'm surrounded by Pharisees who are trying to question me, who are trying to question where I'm going. I don't care. Because I know where I'm from. I know who sent me. And I know where I'm going. And the moment he is able to enter into that, he can say, even if I stand on my own, I'm not on my own. But as Christians, we, we, we seem to, unless God does something incredible in our faces, we think we're on our own. We tell ourselves that we know that we're from. But in reality, our hearts betray us. And our faith drops. And the standards of which we are living and which we are, we are focusing on, stop from the eternal and immediately go back into the wisdom. And we start to allow the things that are around us to begin to affect our thinking and decision making. And at that point, at that point, our life is hindered. Our walk is hindered. Does this make any sense? Excellent. But then we look at the next, the next part. We must understand, heavenly wisdom supersedes human wisdom. And you must tell yourself that. Heavenly wisdom supersedes all human wisdom. And in the next thing, this, this scripture I absolutely love. It's a, it's a little, one little verse. It's John 8, verse 29. And this is the shift I really think we need to make this morning. And this is something that I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain to you that I had to make. It says in John 8, verse 29. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I always do what pleases him. Jesus only ever did what pleased his father. 
And that meant in the midst of receiving abuse and people wanting to kill him and people telling him who he wasn't. Now, to try and give you an example of, 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 of how I found this in my life, many of you will remember last year, um, many of you might not actually, um, but regardless of that, I, was, I, was, I went absent from church for about, about three, four weeks because I was quite poorly. And I was off work for about seven weeks. And essentially, what happened was I started having panic attacks. And I started having anxiety issues. And I didn't know what anxiety was because I didn't think I'd ever had it. And I'd certainly never had a panic attack in my entire life. But, you know, when you're, when you're sat at home and you can't go outside because it, you, you just... You just want to rest and you just don't, it's just a horrible place to be. Anyone who's been there will know that feeling. It's completely alien to me. But when you start to self-analyze and you start to look at what was going on, there was a massive gulf in my life. You see, in church, in this place, things couldn't be better, Right? My marriage was, was fully restored, and, and God was using M and I now powerfully in the, in the young people, in the youth. We were seeing great fruit from the youth. I was coming into eldership, which is an amazing honor. And God had opened doors for EYC in Switzerland. He'd opened doors for us to, to other youth and other churches so that, so that the, the influence was, was, was going well. Everything on a spiritual level in my life was going great. So it was great. However, translate that into my work situation, in in my everyday place of being, it was the total opposite. I've been been working for the same same bank now for six, seven years, been the same branch for seven years, been the same branch for six. And I'd got to a place of total frustration because because I wasn't progressing. I couldn't see a way out. I was in a place where, see, I, anyone, everyone remember Thomas the Tank Engine? Right? Thomas the Tank Engine, at the end of every story, most stories of Thomas the Tank Engine, the fat controller would always say, Thomas, you're a really useful engine. And I always wanted to be a really useful engine. So in my place of work, wherever I am, I want to be a really useful engine. I want to be the guy you can depend on. I want to be the guy who's always, he doesn't, he doesn't take loads of time off sick. He's always stable. He doesn't bring his, work, his, his life issues into work. He's always a source of help. I'm always, I'm always professional. I always do the best I can be. The best I can be. Yeah? And so that's my, that, that, so what, I do, what you do sometimes, you take a bit of flack. You take a bit of flack and you allow that. But after a while, it starts to get you down. And you're faced with it day in, day out. And there was one particular day that basically I got, um, I was essentially humiliated in front of my my fellow work colleagues because somebody was unprofessional and spoke in a way that they shouldn't have spoke. Which was, everybody in the room knew it was wrong, but the fact is it was still said. And everyone comes to you afterwards and goes, that was well out of order, that mate. That's my work colleagues talking to me. But it doesn't matter because it was there. And I suddenly started to feel this. This, this kind of like strange feeling inside of me. And then it got worse and got worse. And I was about to do a soldier's well. And M got really upset 
because because even though I was off, I went back into work too early because I want to be a really useful engine. And I want to be a guy that always goes back in, always goes back in. And I wasn't, I just went, I just, I just went back in. And at that point, something snapped. And I broke. And it broke in me. And, but the, the daft thing was, though, not the daft thing was, I didn't feel the release to leave. See, while I was off, an opportunity came to my door. Someone sought me out. To basically say, do you want to come and do this with me? It was in the bank and it was a better role. It was, it was everything I wanted. And I went for the interview and I got the job. But God said, you can't have it. I can't have it. What are you on about? What do you mean I can't have it? Everybody was telling me. Everybody was telling me that, that, I was, that, that that's the job I was supposed to have. That, that Go for it because it gets you out of the environment. It gets you out of that negative place. Remove yourself out of that negative place. And, I, and but I'm like, God, why can I not get out of this place? Why won't you let? And I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. So God said, you've got to go back. Now, there's an, there's an area in my, in my there's, there's certain roles in my job which cause me great stress because negative things have happened in the past. And I was caged. I was fearful. There was areas in my job that I was fearful in. There was areas that I didn't want to go back into. And there was also issues that I didn't... It was easy to run away. It was easy to run away. But I had to go back. And I knew that when I went back, it would only change for a little while. Because when you're ill, people are surprisingly nice to you. When you go off work with stress, they're they're all surprisingly nice to you. Because they're wondering whether you're going to put a grievance in. Or they're wondering whether... Because they're looking out for their own interests. And, and God said, go back there. So I went back there, and lo and behold, a couple of months ago, I'm back, in, I'm back to square one. The things that I was told, yeah, okay, so you went for this job. Don't take this job. You can do it over here. And guess what? Things aren't what they were. But So do I go back to the same place? But then the scripture comes. Jesus says, I always do what pleases the Father. And I had to realize that staying where I was, God isn't, gonna t- God isn't releasing me to go anywhere else. So stop asking for it and start working out why he wants me to stay there. But then I had to sort my emotions out. I had to face it. I had to face it. And so what I had to start to do was I had to go into work every day. And on my way to work, I thanked God for my job. I thanked God for my bosses. I thanked God for where I was. I thanked God for what I was doing. Every single day, I had to face it. Jesus had to face uncounted opposition. Was questioned all the time. So can you imagine what that would have done to him? What I'm going to have done to your, to your emotions. And we can, be found, we can find ourselves in situations. And by man's standards, it's either run away or hide. Or you're, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be, to, to, to be, to be emotionally worried or whatever. All, all, all these kind of things. But God's plan is eternal. God's will is eternal. And God's, God's wisdom far above, is far above all other things. But do you know what happens? A shift happened in my spirit and I began to enjoy where I was. The difference is this. If I talk to you about where I am, the same, I'm in the same situation, but I don't feel the same things I felt before because I took the heart of Jesus and I said, God, this is pleasing you. 
because I'm not seeking what pleases me and what makes me feel better. I'm not looking at what humans would, a hum, the human wisdom would say. I'm staying where you're telling me to stay. I'm doing what you're telling me to do. But we can do it and we can moan. And we can do it and we can be frustrated. And we can do it and almost blame God. And we can therefore not have peace with God. Because we begin to resent God because we don't understand it. But in everything, give thanks. In everything you do, whether in word or in deed, we, we, need to, we need to do it as we're doing it for Jesus. That's what it says in Colossians and it says it in, in John. And I had to learn there's a shift that has to come to your life. If you want to become a person who is able to overcome emotional worries and frustrations and fears and hurts and conflicts, then you have to stop looking at it from human wisdom. You have to stop looking at it as what I don't understand and start accepting that if it pleases your father, because he's telling you not to go anywhere else, then that's a good place to be. Because you're learning something. But you know what I've done? The places that I, was, I had fear, I no longer have fear in those areas now. Because I was made to face them. God knows what I, where I'm going, even though I don't fully know. So if I can't learn my lesson here, how am I ever going to be able to move across? But here's the other thing. A peacemaker is someone who is able to bring peace and restoration and reconciliation to others while still themselves having peace. You must be someone who is able to maintain peace in your own life as well as being able to bring it to others. That's how you sow in peace and you reap a harvest of righteousness in your life. Sometimes we say, well, life just gets ahead of me. No, life doesn't have to get ahead of you. Jesus, you know, I'm not saying that you can just be free from everything and you never have to feel, you know, you can become like some robot where you don't feel anything. No, you will feel frustration. No, we will. That's part of being human. That's what Jesus had to go through. But there's a choice that we, there's, 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 there's a shift in our spirit that has to say, is what I'm doing pleasing the Father? Is what I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Because if it is, then it's going to help me get to where I need to go. And then it says, and this is, this, this is, this is the thing you have to, we, we, I, I can take. It says, the one who sent me, he's with me. He has not left me alone. So I can stand before my frustrations. I can stand before my fears. I can stand even though it's right there in my face. And I can be joyful in my heart. Because I'm fighting for the cause of God. He doesn't, you might not understand why. But I remember, I remember I was really encouraged by what Phil said in Authentic Sonship Teaching. He had to do a job for six months. And God said, I, wanted a, I need, a man, I need a, a man of the word and prayer and you're neither. But, it's not, but, but did, he, did he walk away and did he run away and get another job? No. He stuck at it until God said, I release you. And now he's released into where he's supposed to be. And he can reap and is reaping a harvest of righteousness in his life. It's a decision. Does it please my father? Does it please my father? And this is the, and the next thing, if you, if you turn now to Colossians 1. Colossians 1, 18 to 20. And this, the scriptures kind of had me for a couple of months. And I love it. Every time I read it, I love it, I love it, I love it. And speaking about Jesus, in Colossians 1, 
verse 18 to 20. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. You see, Jesus, because Jesus was willing to go, he had supremacy over everything. In your life, no matter what you face, we can have supremacy over every emotion, over every stage of our lives, if we are willing. So far as it depends on you, as it says in Romans. We, can, we continue. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. When God says he's with you, because your heart is to say, God, no matter how my human self feels, I seek, I seek your wisdom. I seek, the, I seek to live on the heavenly plane. Then the fullness of heaven, as Phil said, heaven will back you. Because God is willing for him to back you. God knows where you're going. And God is willing to give himself in fullness. In fullness. Not partial, but in fullness. The whole of him. Why, and why could he do it with Jesus? Because there was complete unity between Jesus and his father. And that's a son. That's a son. And because of that, because Jesus learned to overcome those things, that's why he became the greatest peacemaker of all time. That's why he became the greatest man that will ever walk the earth. Because he reconciled through his sacrifice, through his ability, obedience, and through his ability to not see himself for himself, to not see his walk on a hum, in, in human terms, but to see it from what pleases my father. What pleases my father. And then we see in Colossians 1, 21-22, once you were alienated from God, and, you, and, and we were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. That's when you can say to God, and you can ask anything in my name. You can ask anything in my name. Because it's not just purity now that you have. But we are a peace-loving people. People who have freedom from their emotions. Freedom from their frustrations. Freedom from the judgment of men. Freedom from the wisdom of men. And now God can operate how he wants. How he desires through your life. And that's when the clarity of heaven can speak into your life. That's when the clarity and the power of heaven can come and give you clarity. And give you a way forward. And give you answers. And give you strength. And give you a steadfast spirit. And that's how we become overcomers. That's why we can become more than conquerors. Because Jesus showed us the way. Jesus showed us the life. And this, this last bit that I love. In John 14. John 14, I told you there's a lot of scripture, isn't there? John 14, last scripture, 23 to 27. I'll give you a second to get there. 
So John 14, 23 to 27. Jesus replied to his disciples. Now remember, this, this is just before. This is just before he was about to go and be crucified. Before he was about to be arrested. And he knew. Jesus knew. So he says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them. And then we, the son and the father, together will come to those, to them, to you, and make our home in them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. If you can stand on the precipice of making the greatest sacrifice, a brutal death, and yet you are able to give your peace to others, that's a peacemaker. They will be called the sons of God. Because no matter where you stand, no matter what the world is trying to, what, what you see in the world's terms, on our walk with Christ, which is not an easy walk, we know that. But if we are able to stay and keep our, high, our eyes fixed on heaven, but more so keep on what we are, every, make sure everything that you do in every situation pleases the Father's heart. And if you can do that, you can rest. You can rest in yourself, in your body, your spirit, your mind, your soul. And you can bring all things into alignment. And the fullness of the Father can dwell in you. And then, and then, heavenly wisdom, heavenly eternal reconciliation and peace can come to you and to anyone who you, who you give it to. Because we are here to advance his kingdom. We are here to, 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 to be the ones who carry on the work of Christ. Until all his enemies are a footstool under his feet. So we have been given everything we need. We have been given the Father. We obey Jesus. We take Jesus into our hearts. The Father then says, I will love you. And then I'll give you the Holy Spirit. And all three in total unity then will flow through your life. I have, I, I, I'll tell you what I've seen in, my, in, this one, in just this one segment of my life. It's not just affected me in my, in my workplace, but it's affected the way I see everything. The way I see everything. Because now I can live. It doesn't matter what I see. I do not fear. I'm not worried. It's so easy to worry. I can worry about a million and one things. I can, we can all together, if I said, okay, let's, let's put on the blackboard all the things that we, can, that, that we can be worried about. We'd be here till next Easter, wouldn't we? But this morning we have... Because Jesus paved the way. Because Jesus showed us the way. Because Jesus gave us, the, 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 he is the patterned son. He gave us everything we needed. So now we can celebrate Jesus because now I can know that my heart does not need to be troubled nor afraid. 
I do not need to give because we are people who do not give advice as the world gives advice. We are not here to bring the wisdom of the world. We are not here to do what the world does. We are here to bring heavenly eternal wisdom. We are here to bring the power of heaven onto earth. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. That is what we are this morning. That is who we are. That is who we are sent by to the Father to do that. Amen? So the peacemaker, who wants to be a peacemaker this morning? Who wants to be able to stand no matter where you are and go, am I pleasing the Father? Yes, I am. Then I can put all things to one side and I can focus because I know and my heart does not need to be troubled because Jesus is with me, because the Holy Spirit is with me and because the Father in his fullness is dwelling through me. And so I can overcome all situations. I can overcome all circumstances. And I can bring peace into my workplace. I can bring peace into my family. I can bring peace into my own house. I can bring peace to the streets of where I live. And we can affect not just persons, but nations. We are a governmental house. A governmental house is not just so you can, you can fix one or two. We can affect a whole nation. That's the power that God has placed inside you and I. Amen? Let's just stand together. I want to celebrate what Jesus did. I want to celebrate the peace that we can have because of Christ. I want to celebrate the pattern sun this morning. We must come right now. Just, just open your hearts right now. Father God, we hear that to be a peacemaker is to be a son of to be called a son of God. But to be a peace lover is to be someone who therefore has nothing which will hinder them from all of heaven flowing through us. My God, right now, you are the ultimate peacemaker. The heart of the Father is to make you reconcile yourself to us through your Son. So, my God, let this divine nature now come to us. Father God, afresh right now, let us see Jesus. Let us see Jesus right now. Let him speak. Father, speak about your son afresh to us right now, oh God. Start to speak to us afresh about your son right now. About how, how in every situation, in every circumstance, my God, we must see where we are going. We must be people who know where we are from, who we are, and where we are going. And who is standing by us. Who is standing by us right now. Just open your heart. Ask God. Ask God to, to you know the situations you find yourself. You know the worries you have. You know the frustrations you have. I want you to lift them right now to heaven. I want you to lift them right now and say, Father, let my heart shift from that which the world would see and that what my heart would take on, but that which heaven is speaking. And that so that I know that what I do pleases you, that everything I do would please you, Father. And give me your heart. Give me freedom. Right now, Father, I pray for every man, woman, and child in this place. Father, I pray for freedom from emotions, freedom from from constraints, freedom from fear, freedom from frustrations, freedom from stumbling blocks that would keep your divine nature from flowing through us right now. Just come on, why don't you call out to him? Call out to him right now, church. Call out to him right now. Speak to him.